2018, I got involved with a business partner who subsequently said, let's move down to Naples, Florida. Let's start this business project. And Luke, six months in, everything went to hell. It, it, it was it was literally a movie. I mean, the FBI was involved. Um, I mean, I can't get into it. Was, it was wild. I asked myself, how did I get here? I lost everything. I lost all my money, lost the houses, lost cars, credit was ruined. And my wife and kids are looking at me like, what do we do? And we moved back to Indiana, licking our wounds exactly a year later. You know, truth be told, I'm like, I can't do this thing called life anymore. I can't do it. If this is what life feels like, count me out. I don't have anything to do with it. And I was sitting here contemplating whether or not I want to live. And I heard a voice say, change the way you look at it. And that's when everything changed. I believe that every person has the power to transform their life. Today, I will unlock that power in you. I'm Luke, and you're listening to the Luke Mind Power Podcast. It's time for you to heal and to find inner peace. Are you ready? Just send me a DM that says, I want inner peace to get started. Until then, enjoy this episode. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode on the Luke Mind Power Podcast. I have a super special guest uh, with me today. Uh, he's someone that uh, goes by the the, the branding of uh, Life is Mental. Um, and his name is Derek, and uh, I, I want to welcome you to the Luke Mind Power Podcast, man, because I know that, uh, bro, you got some power and some fire, uh, and I'm excited for you to uh, share that with us today. Well, man, I appreciate you having me on. This is like we talked before we got on. This has been long overdue. I'm grateful for this time that we get to share. So thank you for having me on. You're welcome, man. You're welcome. I know we all have a story. We've all come from somewhere. Um, you know, I know you're an athlete or ex-athlete, but I think that you know we, we shouldn't actually. Uh, if you if you were an athlete, I mean, how much uh, does it mean? You know, to actually have a healthy lifestyle to live your dreams. It's it's probably something that you probably just it's a bit habitual now for you. So, but yeah, tell us a little bit more about your story and and like you know how you kind of evolved from what you went through. Uh, you know, with being an athlete and then coming into uh, I guess, uh, you know, coaching or speaking or, you know, sharing the wisdom that you, you, you share because it's pretty, it's pretty deep, man. Like when I watch some of your videos, bro, I'm like, you, you and I was kind of like, before I was coming on, I was like, you know, I could so make a skit out of you, <laughs> out of your content because <laughs> you, you know, when, when someone asks you a question, you sit there and you sit there for like five minutes, five seconds before you answer it. <laughs> You know, yeah, um, yeah but it's powerful, bro. Like it's mad, but yeah, I'll, I'll leave that up to you, man. Go, go for it. Yeah, no, I, it's funny you say that because I've always, I've always been a, I guess what we call a deep thinker um, since I was little. But you know, I just figured this is just the way I am, and I never thought anything about it. But coming up, uh, we moved around quite a bit. My dad had a job that about every three years we would move, so I was always the new kid at school, right? So early on, I started to learn different parts of the country, people would perceive and see life differently. Unbeknownst to me, I was kind of watching. And then, uh, like you said, I, I fell in love with the game of basketball at age seven, uh, played all through high school, college, got done there, played eight years for the Harlem Globetrotters, traveled all around the world. And in these eight years, I was able to see again on a global level how people perceive life differently. The people in Argentina viewed life and experienced life differently than they did in Australia. And I, I remember sitting in my hotel room one time and thinking about when I was a kid and moving around and seeing all these different perspectives. I'm like, what if life really isn't set in stone? What if life was really based on how you look at it? This was, I mean, this was like 20 years ago when I was thinking this. Time went on. I got done with the Globetrotters. You know, every, all good things coming to an end. And it's like, what do I want to do next? And my mother, 
people ask who's your who's your uh, mentor who is who is your guru and I'm like my mom was she always has been she's always been the one teaching me she's always been the one like instilling mindset 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 inside of me when I got done with the Globetrotters living in Indiana my wife is like you need to take all of your basketball knowledge and teach it to kids and I'm like oh kids aren't I was like kids can go on YouTube they're not gonna have me one they're not gonna pay me two why don't they just go on YouTube and go find a trainer you know virtually but anyway I end up starting this company. It's called Derek Grant Basketball, where I started training two kids at a park. And a year later, it had ballooned over to 300 to over 350 kids. And I'm working with kids, WNBA players, NBA players. And I started to notice something different in each one of them. It wasn't their skill set that separated them. The guy in the NBA versus the guy who's playing overseas. It wasn't their skill set. I started to notice that it was their mind. And then I started to kind of this deep thinker in me started to ask the question again, what if it has nothing to do with skill and it has all to do with mind? This is kind of when it started. And I, I 2018, I got involved with a business partner who subsequently we said, let's move down to Naples, Florida. Let's start this business project. And Luke, six months in, everything went to hell. It, it was it was literally a movie, like to the point where, I mean, the FBI was involved. Um, I mean, I can't get into it. Was, it was wild. I asked myself, how did I get here? I lost everything. I lost all my money, lost the houses, lost cars, credit was ruined. And my wife and kids are looking at me like, what do we do? And we moved back to Indiana, licking our wounds exactly a year later. You know, truth be told, I'm like, I can't do this thing called life anymore. I can't do it. If this is what life feels like, count me out. I don't have anything to do with it. And I was sitting here contemplating whether or not I want to live. And I heard a voice say, change the way you look at it. And that's when everything changed everything mm. within me literally in that moment everything changed and it was like okay i'm not experiencing the situation as i think i'm experiencing this situation based on how i view it and COVID happened it gave me time to really build out what i wanted to do and help individuals to realize the power in their mind and here we are now uh, about five six years later and this is what it looks like Powerful stuff, man. But um, change. Talk about changing perspective, you know. And 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 the other thing before I go into that is it's crazy because like before I started my coaching business and you know really stepping up and and being able to serve and helping people programs and all and stuff like that. I also had to go through a journey of hitting rock bottom financially, emotionally, like just going through a process of of things not going my way and i'm like why do why do we have to do that like why does that have to happen first before we go okay uh now i don't have a choice you know yeah. or now i can go this direction because i'm on the bottom and like i say you know sometimes rock bottom is the best place that you can be because you can't go anywhere else <laughs> you can't go any lower you know yeah that's that's it right so I went through something similar, man, and and uh, and it's like you know, and that's why you got the two um, two choices, right? You can either move from desperation or inspiration, and and sometimes we have to use both, you know. But desperation definitely is a pain point for many of us, and I think like you know, we can you, you can listen to as much motivation as you want. Why do you think that pain is what moves us? Why why do we have to go to feel that pain? Before we go, okay, that's enough. I can't do this anymore. I ha I'm ready for change. I wrestle with that quite a bit. And I, you know, sometimes refer to this as the sacred wound, right? It's the wound. It's the pain that it's just 
too unbearable that we let go of everything. This was me. I, you know, I thought I needed this amount of money. My house needed to be this big. I need to have these these cars. Because the ego had developed such an attachment to it because that's what its identity was rooted in. But when you hit something that's so painful, what do we do? We drop it. We let go. And this is why I think on a soul level, we have to encounter the hardships, this sacred wound, so we can let go. So our ego can say like, okay, white flag, I'm done here. And now the process of really remembering who we are can begin. That's just my, 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 my take on it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Thanks for sharing, man. So yeah, going back to perspective, this is a good example, right? On, on change the way you look at things, right? So uh, I was walking uh, with my sister um, this evening, right? She's going to kill me for saying this stuff, but we were coming back from, from this office, right? And we're walking and, uh, and I'm walking with her and it's about 5 p.m. So it's still kind of, you know, afternoon time. And, uh, and, and she says, uh, the, the roads are, are really uh, smooth here. You know, they're really clean. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And as she does that, she steps up onto like uh, the pavement because there's a, a step. Um, and uh, I step up over it. She steps up and she falls mm. like totally like bang, just Man. stacks it, right? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit, you know. So I went and I picked her up and she's, you know, her hands are sore and, and she's hit her knee and, you know, she's, she's in a bit of pain. But um, the night before as well. She fell in the bathtub. <laughs> She's, I'm like, ah, oh, shit, man. That's twice. I'm like, what's going to happen the third time? You know, be careful. But anyway, right. so we're walking. We're, we're walking back. And I, I grabbed her. I put my arms around her. And I said, you know what? I said, it's better that you fell in Dubai with your brother than you falling by yourself walking somewhere in Poland when it was freaking freezing ice cold. Mm. you know and she put her hand around me and, and she, we had a laugh you know oh. but I was like you could easily sit there and go oh my gosh I'm so clumsy you know I'm right. so stupid how did I not see the step why did I fall you know right. instead uh, like I, you think about it, I'm like well it's better that it happened with me <laughs> you know here <laughs> together yeah. you know we're going to look yeah. back in five years time and and go oh my gosh remember that time Again, you know, I've found myself, man, that that everything happens for a reason. Uh, what is the what is the meaning that you attach to? And I know that there's people out there. I don't know what you think about this statement, but I know that there's people out there that that, that will say, you know, no, things don't happen for a reason. But I say everything happens for a reason. Just up to you whether you want to attach a meaning to it or not. I I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's we we're the ones who give meaning to life, which is why you and I can read the same book same words, but you and I will have a different experience. You and I will have, that book will have different meaning to each of us because we each subjectively are assigning meaning to everything that we encounter. When you realize this, this is when the game changes. This is when you realize how much power you have, that your reality, albeit what you desire, what you don't desire, is being experienced and created, that experience is being created by you. So it's asking yourself like, really, what, all, what do I want to experience? And then I got to have the mind power to be able to steer my thinking. Absolutely. Yeah. Powerful stuff, man. How do you differentiate? Because I know that the, the ego is, is, uh, is something that's not always easy to understand. I mean, I'm very aware of like when I'm in my ego versus when I'm heart centered and I'm coming from uncon. That's why I say the difference between ego is, is, you know, are you coming from unconditional love? Cause if you are, then you're not in your ego. 
Right, right. Um, but but how would you explain that to someone who's like, what's what's the ego, or 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 how do I understand, you know, if I'm yeah. in my ego? Yeah, I think probably the easiest way is to understand the concepts of future and past. Right, future and past are just mind made; they don't actually exist. The only thing yeah. that exists is the present moment. Mm. The ego can only live in the future and the past. That's where it builds mm-hmm. build its homes. So if my mind, if I'm feeling fear, stress, anxiety, you know, uh, worry, that those are future-based thoughts. That's my mm-hmm. ego. I'm living in the future. If I feel regret, shame, guilt, right, depression, this is my mind being in the past. This is the ego. So this is why we always talk about, you know, being present, being present, being present, because it's essentially you living as your true nature, the divinity within you. So for me, I always check to see, like, okay, is my mind in the future or is it in the past? And then two how do I feel? More importantly, whatever I'm thinking, say I have a desire, I have a want, right? How would I feel if I didn't get that thing? If it didn't happen? If it puts me in a lower state, this is how we know it was the, it was the ego. It was developing its attachment, its identity to this accomplishment, to this thing. So I tell people with desires and goals, because people say, oh, what well, am I supposed to not have any goals? It's not that. Your goal is coming from the place of, I know I can do it, so which is why I don't need to, versus I got to do this. I got to have this. Mm. The ego develops attachment to subsequently create suffering, which in turn keeps it in the survival mindset. And this is how this, this cycle just keeps going and going and going. Interesting. Interesting, man. Thanks for sharing. So I was sure. uh, watching a uh, David Goggins post. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but um, his uh, I think his missus or his partner, whoever it is that was recording him while he's running his 100-mile run, yeah. Um, yeah. was uh, was basically just saying, you know, hey, I'm with David. Uh, you know, he's uh, he's been running for 66 miles now. And I saw a post uh, after that that he posted because he was just bringing to people's attention how many people were non-followers that were commenting on his previous post about, you know, him running uh, this hundred miles. And so, and I went on just to have a look as well, because I thought I found it to be quite interesting because there was a lot of people that were, um, you know, putting out comments uh, that were not in support of like what he was doing. You know, they were just basically Mm. saying that he's uh, mentally unstable and uh, he's, uh, he's, he's lost the plot and, you know, um, you know, he's escaping life or whatever, like, you know what I mean? Um, and, uh, and it was interesting to see that, you know, and so it's like, almost like, again, everyone's making these opinions and judgments, but don't really actually know the person in a sense, you know, and I find that that's what we tend to do. And everyone's living from that space because we're so like disconnected, but we're so connected, like on social media and we're judging constantly. I mean, I learned this when I was living in the Shaolin temple, every single time a new person came into the temple, it was like you were a dog in a backyard and you were like barking because you're like, no, this is my territory. And every single time a new person came in, my ego would be like, it'd be like, I'm a terminator. And I'm like scanning the body and scanning the person for who they are and thinking, you know, and questioning, uh, you know, uh, wondering like, and judging them straight away it goes to show like on on that post with david goggins like so many people are out there just judging and judging and judging and judging i'm like is this a positive sign for you know humanity moving forward you know what i mean like where is everybody where where is everybody's minds is it like are people really losing themselves like because we're just constantly like out of our own you know we're not connected in a sense it's almost like the ego is there the whole time 
that that's where a lot of people don't realize your life is based on your perspective. I'm not actually experiencing David Goggins. I'm experiencing my perspective of David Goggins. And my perspective was shaped off of past experiences. Mm. So this actually has nothing to do with David Goggins, but the unconscious <laughs> mind though, the ego looks yeah. at David Goggins and say, what the, who does he think he is? Why is he over here running? No, that's because something in your life in the past that you're unaware of is being projected onto it. So this is why like, I always tell people like, you know, I could go on and on about the school system. Like kids should be understanding this. Kids should be taught this at an early age to understand that I'm, I'm not experiencing them, him and her. It's me. It's my perspective. Now mm. I have to bring to awareness why I have the perspective that I have. When I have that awareness, I can now start to shift my perspective of this person. I think mm. the Bible said it. This, we say treat, I think the Ten Commandments, treat thy neighbor as thyself. Mm -hmm. People think it's more about treating the neighbor. You had, to, you had to understand yourself and why you treated yourself that way because that would be how you treated your neighbor. Because your neighbor mm -hmm. was nothing more than a reflection of you. So I, was, I live by the old adage, Luke, it's just me. I got to figure out me because if I can figure out you, I'm sorry, I can figure out me, I can figure out you because you were just a reflection of me. Yeah, well, I always say the deeper that you know yourself, the more you're going to be able to understand other people. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And, and, and you're right. You know, I always also say, you know, you can't give what you don't have. So exactly. people, people are always projecting towards you exactly what's going on within themselves. So yep. yeah, it's not David Goggins, it's them, you know, just uh, expressing themselves of what is really going on within themselves, which is crazy and yeah, powerful to, to understand uh, and learn about, you know, but, um, yeah. you know, success is uh, something that I think, yeah, we can live in our egos. We can live in the materialistic world. And I, I truly believe that as well, that there's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, achieving goals and uh, manifesting whatever it is that you want. I think the most important part of like life itself, obviously is, you know, how to, what is fulfilling for you? What, 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 what is a uh, peace for you? What, what does that look like? So I'm curious if you could share with us kind of like when someone says, you know, what's your definition of success? I mean, someone once said your definition of success is doing what you love and getting paid for it. You know, so I say as well, definition of success is, is inner peace. Sure, um, but sure. what does that look like for you when someone says, if you say, yeah, having peace is success, you know, or being healthy is successful, you know, mm. um, what would you say? Yeah, I know for me personally, I've had to reshift my perspective of success because when I was quote unquote successful back when I had all those things, I sure didn't feel like it. And then when it was, I was going through this phase of you know getting back up on my feet, it didn't look like I was successful, but I felt more peace. So I, I just, I go by the old adage that success is the process of moving forward. Am I moving forward? Am I, am I expanding my self-awareness? Am I loving my wife and my children a little bit better? Am I growing my business? Am I moving forward? Am I obtaining more peace inside? So, you know, my, 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 this is the athlete in me, but like, I just want to be better today than I was yesterday. That's it. If I can do that, then I'm being successful. I'm moving forward. So my definition of success is I used to be rooted in material things, but now it's just the internal game. And it's like, how much better can I understand who and why I am? So. 
Yeah, and uh, you remind me of, of what Tony Robbins says. He says, progress equals happiness. Mm. Progress. Oh. Are you making yeah. progress? If you're making progress, you know, um, then you are moving forward, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's really powerful. Um, but when you talk about your success in the past when you are an athlete, mm. why didn't it feel like it? Yeah, yeah. It, I, I think it's because the ego creates these expectations of what it will look like, what it will feel like, what it's going to be. And we know that expectations, when we have them, they never get met, right? You think it's going to be, oh, it's going to be this, it's going to be that. And then you get there like, this is it? So I, I, me personally, I've, I've come to just enjoy the journey, right? And, and realize that there is no there's no top of the mountain. There was no goal because when I got to that goal, it just became a checkpoint for the next goal and then the next goal. So I think part of it was, it was like that the cartoon with the carrot in front of the donkey. You just keep chasing, you keep chasing, you keep chasing, and you never get there. So I have to start enjoying here because even when I get there, it's just going to be another here. So I started to fall in love and enjoy the process of obtaining or getting to where I was headed, but understanding where I was getting, where I was heading wasn't going to make me more whole or more fulfilled. It was just going to be temporary and fleeting. Let me focus on this process of becoming and accepting myself and learning more about myself along the journey. And now when I get there, the fulfillment, the success, everything will come as a byproduct of me learning myself. So I think that's that's been, been the biggest shift within me. You know, I wasn't, I told my wife, I'm like, I wasn't super competitive as an athlete because I was never competing against anybody outside of me. It was like, how, how hard can we go? How great can I be? And now it's shifted in business and in life. Like how much forever, however long you have on this earth, can you figure out about yourself? Can you learn about yourself? Can you heal your wounds? That's become the new, the new goal now. And now it's internal. It's not external. Mm, absolutely, man. Powerful stuff. Thanks for sharing, man. So one of the, I guess, internal drivers that we have is, is, you know, if your why is, is, is strong enough or powerful, then, then the how will be easier. Is there a, is there a reason for your determination? Like what is, what would you say that your why, what, what is that for you? You know, is there is there many different whys that you have like taken on along the way up until now where it's the reason why you get up in the morning, it's the reason why you hustle, it's the reason why you're doing what you're doing, it's so passionate about it? Yeah, I think as far as what I do now for a living, it's happening on a spiritual level, it's happening on a soul level. I've, I, mm. I can't not do this, right? It's like literally my soul is like, this is what we came here to do, you got to get it done. Mm. Now the bigger motivation, the why is... I know I don't have to do anything. I don't have to. So everything becomes like I'm playing with house money. Let's see if we can. I would. I had this mentality, Luke, that I had to do this, then I would be enough. I had to accomplish this. Now I can be proud of myself. I had all these permission slips that I had given out because I had not given myself permission to accept myself. So now my why isn't rooted in I got to do this so dad can be proud of me. My why is... I don't need to do it. I don't have to because I'm still enough. I'm still worthy. But because I know this, let's see if we can do this now. Let's go try it. So now I'm coming from the higher vibration instead of coming from a lower vibration of lack, of fear, of guilt, of shame. 
So my why has become so much more intrinsic and so much more universal. And I have control over the why instead of the why being an unconscious wound of if I get that or do this, now I'll be good enough in my own mind. Mm. Yeah. Talk about um, feeling good enough, man. Um, You know, I struggled with that for years and uh and it's incredible and i, I want to ask you like how have you changed that within yourself before i talk about myself in terms of how i did that with me but how did you change yeah. that around or how do you even feel enough if you don't feel enough how do you turn that around yeah that's that's one of the slippery tactics of the ego again think about enough enough is a future concept right because everything in the, is present everything is in the present moment. So anything outside of it is actually an illusion. So it's like, will I have enough money? The money that you have is enough. The key is to understand that enough only exists in the present moment. That's the only place where everything is enough. There's enough leaves on the trees right now. There's enough money in your account. There's enough of everything only right Mm -hmm. now, but the Mm -hmm. mind can think about, do I have enough for tomorrow? Will I be enough for her next year? Will Will I be enough moving forward. So I know for me yeah. personally, what has helped immensely. Yeah, bro. I'm already enough. There's no, yeah. there's no, like, there's nothing more to do about it. <laughs> yeah. And I recognize yeah. What, you're, what you're saying is resonating with me hard. Um, because, because yeah, we're always forecasting. It's always like you're thinking about what's going to happen in the future, how are things going to be, you know, what if it's, what if, what if things change or, or what if, you know, uh, this happens or all that. And it's like, man, I don't even know if I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning, Right. you know? Right. Um, yeah. And that's, that's so powerful because yeah, it's coming back to the present moment, but the, the but the, the other deeper thing is, is that there isn't a present moment is that we're constantly transitioning. From By the time you get present, it's gone. There's a new present. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's no present moment because there, there's just this, and this is like, you know, a second ago was the past, Right. And a second ago was the future, and then we crossed over, you know. So it's, I mean, it's complicated, eh? <laughs> Someone who's listening yeah, is probably man. like, man, I'm tripping out, you know. But, <laughs> but, but you get it. You get what we're talking about. So I think one of the things that obviously it's very easy to get conditioned uh, into a negative mindset, into living in a very inferior state of being, insecurities. I struggled with it, you know, um, for so many years. Um, the feeling of not feeling good enough, not fitting in. Mm-hmm. Did you ever? struggle with that? Like, did you ever feel like I needed to be a specific way, dress a specific way, think a specific way, talk a specific way so that I could be accepted or so that I could fit in, for example, like you could have played basketball because, well, I want to be part of the team. That's, that's exactly it. You know, I told you earlier that I I moved around a lot. So I'm always the new kid at school. So, you know, when you're kids, like you got to establish yourself in a social hierarchy, like quick or you get ousted. So I learned how to become a chameleon. I learned how to take that mask off and put this mask on so I'd be accepted. So it it ended up becoming a survival mechanism that by the time I got in my 20s, my 30s, this is just the way I am. I can take this mask off and put this mask on based on who I'm around and I realized what it was. You're wearing all these different masks because you feel like your face underneath won't be accepted. You won't be accepted just as you are. This is truth be told, This is why I went as far as I did in basketball, because I realized that my mind had created this conundrum that if I get good enough at basketball, they have to accept me. 
And this became my why, my driving force. And this is where it's like everything hits rock bottom when you're done playing. I see this all the time with athletes. Your identity is so rooted in your performance. Now what happens when you don't play? Now they sink into depression. They struggle with mental health uh, uh, problems. And it's because the unconscious mind, the ego, had rooted its worth in its performance or anything on the outside. So I tell this to anybody, you come into this world already worthy. You come in this world already enough. You're at 100. It's about can you recognize and remember and realize by letting go of all of these attachments and identities and these masks that you had developed over years. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's when you become aware of this stuff. I mean, it took me a while, but you know, when I realized, I was just like, hang on a second. So basically, I've given the power away to someone who doesn't live in my own body, right? Yeah, wow. To decide whether I'm enough or not, whether I'm good enough or not, right. you know? And, and when I realized that, I was like, nah, that's not right, you know? Yeah. And so it's these experiences of, you know, of, of being accepted. I want to be accepted, you know? And we go deeper because it's like, well, if you don't feel accepted, well, I mean, what's what was missing? Where were you rejected? Mm. You know, right. what experiences yeah. did you go through in your life where you were pushed away? And, 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 and then you go even deeper and you go, well, what does a child need? Love. Right, right, exactly. You know? And so it's almost like once you go down this trail, and that's why I like the work you're doing, I know that you do this as well, and I'm sure that you work with many of your clients and you, you help them to go back into their past and their childhood and all that kind of stuff to figure this shit out. And I, I say, man, it's like it's your responsibility to, to do your research, man. Like the one person that you have to live with for the rest of your life and you haven't done the research on yourself is to understand who the fuck you are, why you act the way you act, why you feel the way you feel, what you've been through, you know? So – um, when I started doing this work, man, I was just like, man, this is deep shit. And, and, and especially from a male's point of view, this is the challenge, bro. Majority of like 80% of my clients are women. Mm, same here. Right? And it's wow. like, yeah. why are we hiding? All the men are mm. hiding, you know? And it's yeah. like, why? It's like, well, because, you know, the ego is so powerful. Why is the ego so powerful in the masculine? It's less, for, and for women, you know, there's obviously, it's more feminine energy. It's, it's, it's more, more vulnerability, more emotion, right? And for us men, it's like, nah, nah, I'm good. I don't need to talk about fucking loving myself. I don't need to heal my past. I'm all right. I'll figure it out, you know? Right. So, I mean, that's why we're here. But what do you think in terms of that? Like, how do we break... Uh, how do we break that that seal so that like more men wake up and go, you know, shit, man, I should do some work on myself so that I can come back into my true authenticity and power? Yeah, I think honestly, Luke, it's men like yourself, uh, men like me who are doing the work, but then putting it out there saying like, no, it's okay to work on yourself. It's okay to mm. heal your wounds. Mm. That's, it's going to take somebody who looks like us giving us permission right mm -hmm. so like for the longest i couldn't i'm like man like 80 percent of my audience is women it's like but then i realized it's like no what it's showing is is your your message re res resonates with the feminine but you're in the masculine energy what if you start to broadcast it how many more men you're giving permission to say hey you can go do this too and i get a lot of dms from guys that's saying like, man, this has helped me a lot. Thank you. You know, I never realized I need to do this, but yeah. they would never publicly say it. So mm. I think we're moving into the heart space now. I really, I, I believe that 
this world is starting to shift back into the feminine energy. So healing and working on ourselves and, you know, getting rid of these narratives of these past traumas will become the norm instead of men just kind of sh- pushing it off under the rug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Did you ever go through any sort of drug abuse or addictions or anything that kind of like was taking you away from your own possible, you know, doubts or fears or insecurities or anything like that? Yeah, no, I wasn't, you know, I didn't, I never struggled with substance abuse, you know, as being an athlete, I was always cognizant of what I put in my body. And, you know, I wouldn't, I always wanted to make sure I had, you know, optimal performance, but I tell people all the time, like, you don't have to have a substance abuse problem for it to be on the outside. For sure. You know, some, sometimes we, we, we get addicted to negative thoughts. We get addicted to these negative programs that we have, and this is our fix. And literally we can't not like, we can't live without it. I have to have a negative thought because this is what I'm used to. This is what makes me feel comfortable. So now to break out of it and to heal is literally like going to rehab. Like I can't do that. Are you kidding me? This has been my identity. So this was me for the longest. I guess we call this now self-sabotage, but like very rarely would I encourage myself. I'm going to put myself down like, you idiot. What are you doing? You're so stupid. I can't believe you did. And it wasn't until me and my wife got married and she was like, why are you so hard on yourself? I don't understand. You know, as an athlete though, I'm like, yo, this is what makes me who I am. And it's like, no, you actually probably would do better if you affirmed yourself. If you came from the space of love instead of coming from the place of shame and guilt. But, you know, I'm thankful and grateful that, like I said, I didn't I didn't struggle with anything like, you know, there was no substance abuse. But I do have a lot of clients and I see the power that this can have over people. And um, which is a part of, you know, why both of us really are doing our work is to show people like you don't need that to look to feel what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. actually already inside of you. And here's the way to get to it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. I mean, there are obviously, it doesn't have to be substance abuse. You can be obsessed with food, uh, Netflix, sure. uh, sex, like there's other Absolutely. things that everything's a drug if you want it to be, you know, right? Um, it's a form of escaping, right? Um, so yeah, I, I get that as well. But um, you talked about your wife a few times. Um, and I know out there these days, it is definitely not easy to attract healthy relationships, um, you know, again, but that's probably just what you focus on. You could be focusing on that and then, then you don't see it as often. But um, but I know that obviously I've worked with a lot of people who have been through many relationships that were very unhealthy, very toxic, very negative, very manipulative, very abusive. Um, and so I'm curious to know how much, because I mean, I know myself and I've seen this quote and I absolutely love it. You know, and it says that having the right woman in your life is like printing money. Mm. And, oh, yeah. you know, I've listened to a podcast by Dean, with Dean Graziosi and Lewis Howes. And I remember him interviewing Dean Graziosi and he was talking to him about his relationship and his business. And, you know, he'd been with his missus that he's currently with right now, um, you know, for a couple of years. And Lewis said to him, you know, when, when, when has been your like most successful like year? And he said the last 12 months. And he said, why? And he said, because of my wife. Wow. And when I heard that, it made sense, man. You know, yeah. it's for, for me, when I think about a relationship, I think about teamwork. I think about giving, t- give, give and take. I think about um, supporting each other, encouraging each other. I think about the purpose of a relationship is to help each other become better versions of ourselves and, you know, reach new levels and grow together. 
so I'm curious to know, uh, you know, how does that work in terms of, you know, how, you know, you function in, in, in your relationship with your wife? Um, is, is that how, you know, and, and how do you maintain that balance of like, you know, supporting each other and how much of a difference does it make for you um, in, your, in your life and, and your success? When we hit rock bottom, you know, that was something that both of us had to deal with. You know, she was a stay-at-home mother. She feels like she was put here to take care of our kids and then she had to go back to work. So the thing that she loved to do was taken away from her. So she hit her proverbial rock bottom. And what it did was it essentially gave both of us permission to go on a hunt to figure out who we are. Her mm -hmm. way looked completely different than mine. You know, the books that she's reading are completely different from the books that I'm reading, but yet the books are saying the same thing. She's getting the same thing out of it that I'm getting out of mine. So I'd say, I always say this to couples, give your partner permission for them to learn and figure out who they are by you first doing it with yourself. Because people always ask me, well, how, what do I do if my partner doesn't want to work on themselves? They don't want to heal their wounds. I said, that's, that had nothing to do with you. When you start working on yourself without conditions, remember, they're just a reflection of you. That's going to give them permission to do the same thing. So I can tell you this, my wife has been an unbelievable supporter. She has been, you know, she's, she's put things on the back burner that maybe she wanted to do to support, you know, my mission and what I'm looking to do. And it's the, it's the balancing of the feminine and the masculine, right? We know when we have equal parts of feminine, equal parts of masculine, something's going to be born, something's going to be mm -hmm. created. Yep. So when I started to realize within my own life and what I'm trying to build in my career, how important it was to have a balanced feminine energy, this is when I started to really focus in on like, okay, I can start using my wife to help me get back to wounds that I'm unaware of. Because really, when, you, when you're in a relationship, you're really dating the wounds inside of you. So instead of getting upset or angry because something may have triggered me, it's realizing, wow, she's actually helping you get to parts of you that you weren't aware of. And I'm doing the same for her. And this is how we each balance out the masculine and feminine within ourselves. Mm. How, how big is communication in your relationship oh. because I think that is the fucking key, bro. Like I think that is the biggest problem uh, in any relationship is and and one thing like I know that there's these love languages. I'm, I don't know if you've heard of these love languages, but one of the love sure. languages for me, even though it's not a love language in that list of five, um, because of the overthinking and because of the rejection and the just the relationships that I went through in the past, for me is communication. That for me, that's a love language. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, to because what does it do? It creates clarity. It creates a right. knowing rather than a contemplation of what's going on. Why haven't they messaged me? Why didn't they talk to me? Why are they doing this? What are they doing? Or just like the, the thought of like not knowing creates confusion, which creates right. a waste of energy because then it creates thoughts. Thoughts are energy, you know? Right, right. Um, so how, how big is that like in your relationship mm -hmm. and – it is everything. I say communication to a relationship is like water to a tree. If you want, mm. if you want a tree to grow, you got to have water. If you want a relationship to grow, communication has to be the foundation of it. it for me and my wife, we're fortunate because uh, our first six years of marriage, I was with the Globetrotters. So I was gone nine months out of the year. So we mm. were forced to communicate. We were forced to get to know each other on a deeper level because this was the only way we could have a relationship. So we take pride in being able to express ourselves 
in, in leaving that space and saying, here, I may not agree with your perspective, but I will always provide a space that you can express your perspective to me. And my job really wasn't to agree with it. My job was to at least see your perspective. So I always tell people in relationships, a lot of times when we argue and fight, it's because you're trying to agree or disagree. Stop agreeing or disagreeing. See where their perspective is coming from. And what mm -hmm. it does is it allows you to see so much more of the picture now instead of only seeing it through your narrow perspective. Mm -hmm. Absolutely true, man. And it makes me think about how I work with, with my personal clients as well because and, – and with everyone for that matter, you know, in family, friends um, – you know, every person I connect with, because what I've learned to develop is this appreciation, not only because I've gone so deep within myself, but now I'm always putting myself in the person's shoes, right? Or doing my best to do that anyway. And that's why I'm able to like, not sit here and try to go, no, you're fucking wrong. Or no, this is the right way. It's like, well, how can I appreciate it and understand it from their point of view? And then, man, that just brings like so much more clarity and appreciation because, yeah, we're not projecting. We're not going from the ego. We're not trying to – it's not me versus you. Right, right. No, that's so good, man. So good. So, yeah, man, powerful stuff. But, um, yeah, thanks for sharing um, that stuff about – you know, I know it's your personal life, but, um, you know, uh, relationships are definitely something that, you know, take us down this journey of like learning as well. Like you said, w bringing up wounds and, uh, and, and they definitely teach you so much about yourself, you know? Um, but yeah, yeah uh, you know, I took a long break from relationships, you know, 2018, I said, okay, that's enough. No more relationships. I'm going to have a relationship with myself. And I always say that, you know, you have to live with you for the rest of your life. Why would you not want to get to know yourself? So my question to you is, you know, how important is your relationship with yourself? Do you spend a lot of time in solitude? Do you, what are the things that you do to keep uh, yourself in a positive state of being? And, you know, I know that many people who are not used to being with themselves or, or have been from relationship to relationship to relationship, they never go through a journey of healing. They've just gone from bouncing from one person to the next. And I always say, man, you know, if you've been in a toxic relationship, one of the best things that you can do from 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 not being in that relationship anymore is to actually go on a journey of solitude and 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 spend more time with yourself, understand yourself, understand like who you are and and grow. So that, you know, like I say, if you want better, you if you want to attract better, you have to become better. So people most people have this fear of like i can't be alone then we go back to you know your branding as life is mental it's like well no you can't you can be alone but mentally in your own mind you're living in a lot of like scarcity and fear right. of 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 being with yourself you know so how important yeah. is that for you man and like what are the, some of the things that you do that uh that help you to to live in that positive uh, you know, good state of being. Yeah, no, I actually, me and my wife met when I told myself, I just came out of a relationship that was toxic. She had two. And unbeknownst to us, I told her, I, myself, I'm not going to date anybody for a year. I'm not going to date anybody. She had said the same thing to herself. And this is actually when we found each other. But yourself and the level that you love yourself and accept yourself it'll be the same level that you love and accept your partner. So when I started to realize this, I'd say probably in the last two or three years, every morning, 
30 minutes minimum by myself with myself. And what I'm doing is, is I am giving myself everything that I know it needs to hear. It needs to know that it's enough. It needs to know that it's loved. It needs to know that it's accepted. Sometimes it's in a, this is in a meditative state. Sometimes it's just me sitting there doing some slow rhythmic breathing. But I'm giving myself what I need before the day starts. Because if my cup is full, now I can help fill up everybody else's cup. And it's it's now a routine. It's like it's a part of my life. My kids know when, when daddy's door is closed, leave him alone because he's in there spending time with himself to get himself and give himself what he needs. So it's we, we've been conditioned, Luke, to think it's selfish. It's the wildest thing I've ever heard in my life that like, so I'm not supposed to take care of myself. I'm not supposed to love myself like I should love everybody else first. But how I love them will be in direct proportion to how I love myself. Yeah, bro. Like that's why I say, man, you can't you can't give what you don't have, you know. So Exactly. But I get it where people are people pleasers because they want that validation and they want to feel like they are somebody or that they've done something good because they'll get some sort of gratification or or or, or some mm-hmm. sort of uh, reaction from people. So, you know, it, it, it's that giving which which also people can get lost in. Um, because it gives you something back. And if we're feeling empty, well, what's what's going to make you feel better? Well, if I give something. But then again, uh, you know, like you said, uh, you know, it can be seen as selfish if you take care of yourself or if you put yourself first. But like you said, man, fill your cup first, then you can fill everybody else's. Um, but, you know, self-love and this whole journey, if, even for me, like it's been huge, you know. Uh, it's actually what has transformed my life because I never mm-hmm. had that relationship with myself. You know, and and uh, I'm curious, man. When did you first kind of become aware of like that it was important to love yourself, or or that this was even a thing? Like, I mean, if I look back ten years ago or fifteen years ago, I never even heard of it. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. How it, have you implemented this into your life, and how is and 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 how powerful is this emotional? energy within yourself how much does it make a difference in how you care for your children your your wife your clients like the people that you're close to because you intentionally have this relationship with yourself or that you actually give yourself attention or give yourself that love and how do you do that yeah i i found over time i started to realize that you know just through journaling and and really logging and, and documenting my day i was best when i was best I was best with my family, clients, everyone, when I was best with myself, meaning I was coming from a place of love, uh, of of living through my heart center. But it really clicked for me when uh, this past fall, I went and spent five days in the darkness retreat. So I'm sitting in the dark Monday, go in Monday, come out Friday, right? And you're sitting there. And then it's all these narratives that have been running when you could see everything. Well, now you can't see anything. You can't see your hand in front of your face. And these narratives are still running and I'm realizing, holy crap, this is only happening in here. And I started to see how little I truly accept myself, how little I really love myself without conditions. Because we love ourselves, but the ego is so sneaky and so subtle that we'll love ourselves, but there's conditions to it. I got to do this. I got to be this. I got to have this. So that was really when it clicked for me, like, okay, I have to be super intentional of affirming myself. That's where affirmations come in for me personally, of telling myself, 
I accept you. And I'm not saying I accept me. I'm saying I accept you because I'm talking to the wounded part of me that forgot, that forgot it was accepted. So that that's for me is like a daily thing. I mean, I do it all throughout the day. Anytime that I feel insecure, anytime I feel like I'm not enough, I know that it's an illusion. I'm falling back into this old space. And at that moment, I have to have the awareness to tell that little boy inside of, inside of me, you're enough just as you are and I accept you. So there, there were some sort of experiences that as a child may have occurred for you to then develop that kind of conditioning that you felt like you weren't enough. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I, I had a great childhood. You know, I didn't have any cigarettes put out on me and I always had a roof over my head and clothes on my back and food on the table. But people don't realize that trauma is relative. So if you emotionally don't get what you need, you know, I grew up with, you know, two parents that were raised in the 50s. So I got spanked. I got beat with a leather belt. And when I got sent back to my room, guess what I would feel? Shame, guilt. Mm-hmm. That energy creates a wound. So now the eight-year-old who felt like he wasn't enough and then feels shameful for getting spanked is the same inside of the 41-year-old who can't say no to this person because of the shame he's going to feel knowing that he let them down. So I always tell people we all have wounds, all of us. I don't care if you had the quote-unquote perfect childhood. We all have wounds. It's the cosmic order of us returning back to ourself. You have to have wounds so you can get back to truly what you are, and that's what the game of life is. Yeah, bro. Freaking hell, man. It's, uh, I, I went through some similar stuff that you're sharing as well. And I'm sure that many people who are listening, um, can relate, you know, and, uh, and this is the, the process that, yeah, it is the uncomfortable journey. Hence why, you know, we, we, there's all these types of forms of escapism because, you know, facing yourself is probably one of the hardest things that you can do, but it's the most liberating. So, you know, it's, um, it's something that I've had to go through myself and, uh, and that's, I guess, that's why we're here, bro, to uh, to wake people up and to to help people, uh, you know, go through this journey because, it, like, a, you know, it's the best thing that you can ever do when you when you actually work on yourself and you push the ego away and you come back to unconditional love and acceptance for yourself. Uh, nice. Because what you really do is you step into authenticity, and, and obviously it requires vulnerability, and that's why I say vulnerability is a freaking superpower. It's authenticity and it's the authenticity. I say the reason why you're not living your dreams and you're not in your purpose is because you're not being authentic. Right. That's it. You know, so, and, and, and in talking about authenticity, how, how has that uh, changed your life? Yeah, I'm, I'm really big on like the etymology of words and understanding the definition of the origins of words. And I looked up authenticity and authenticity is basically the origin of something. When you understand the origin of something, you understand its authenticity, right? So I started to think about our own lives. We all have these fractured parts of our mind, these fractured parts of these, our psyche, our wounds, but you don't know when and where those wounds originated because you haven't gone back to deal with it. You used to talk about looking yourself in the mirror, really dealing with your stuff. I started to realize the more I can identify where and when this wound was afflicted or when this, this perspective was gained, I'm becoming more authentic because I'm getting to the origin of where that character, that mask, that persona was created. So I know for me, authenticity is everything. It's one of the three pillars of my company. It's like, we're just going to be how we are. We're just going to be how we are. What you see is what you get. But in order to do that, you'd have to know who you are. 
which is why, going back to answer your question earlier, the wound is so needed, that thing that breaks you, because that's actually what starts the path of you finding what you had left behind. Mm. Powerful stuff, man. I love it. But you just yeah, said you. you have to know who you are. So yeah. uh, how do you, you know, if I ask you the question and say, who are you? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I've I wrestled with this all the time. I, I am. I, okay, Luke, stay with me here. <laughs> I, know, I have but no thing. Yeah. I everything. It's the paradox. What am I? I, I, I am. I don't, I am. I don't know. Yeah. I am. I am. And so it, I, I, I have no words to encapsulate really what I am. Mm. So it's like, I just am. That's it. Mm. I'm pure awareness, pure consciousness, infinite mm. potential, infinite creativity. Mm. But there's mm. no words to encapsulate that. So I just, I am. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah. No, it's man. There's not. The thing is that like, well, there's no right or wrong. You know, it's it's, you know, it, it's it, it's like it's so deep to to like because most people say, well, my uh, well, who am I? Oh, I'm I'm Luke. You know, and but Luke's a name that your parents gave right. you, right. and it's like, well, how do we go deeper than that to the to the knowing of like, am I a spirit? Am I energy? Yeah. You know, unlimited potential, like you said. You know, um, pure pure consciousness, pure love. I am love. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you know. So, but yeah, it's powerful yeah. stuff. But yeah, man, thank you so much for for sharing your wisdom and and coming on to the Luke Mind Power podcast. And you know, um, this is the first time that we've got to kind of connect and vibe and. Uh, you know, I'm definitely loving uh, loving your your wisdom and your energy and and your work on social media and everything that you're putting out there, um, because you know it really resonates with me. But also, it's 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 impacting people's lives, man. And this is the powerful yeah. stuff, the, the powerful tool that we have, I guess, um, as we are to able to take action and share our our work um, using technology um, to make a difference. You know, so. Um, I'm just going to tell you from from one brother to another, man. Keep mm. fucking going, bro. Keep smashing man. it. Keep showing up. Keep taking man. action. You know, I know because you can go. Well, I don't need to hear it because I believe in myself and I know. And and by the way, just before I, I finish up, because you know, I know that you you got a video on this, and I was listening to, it and you're like, I don't need to believe in myself. I know myself. <laughs> mm. yeah, I've heard man. you, bro. Talk about that, right? Yeah. So I understand that, but the concept yeah. of believing is so powerful. Sure, you know, sure. Um, yeah. but I get where you're coming from, you know, and yeah. I'm curious to know, can, can you intertwine the two, you know, because before mm. we know we have to believe. Sure. Right? Sure. But in the process of believing before, you know, it's actually really powerful to go, no, no, I do believe in myself. I like, I get to a point now where I'm like, yeah, I don't need to believe it. I know who the hell I am, <laughs> right, you know? Right. No, for sure. Yeah. There, there's levels. I always say there's levels, right? I think. Then it's I can, then it's I believe, then it's I know, and then it's I am. Mm. The goal is get to the end, I am. But a lot of times we stop at I believe, right? And it's like, no, there's there's two more levels after that. And if you can get into the one right before the end, you're naturally just going to flow into the I am. So, dude, I, I'm telling you what, man, it's, it's funny. When I first stumbled across your videos, and I, I don't know where it was, but you were dancing, right? It was, it was, you were dancing in the dirt. And I said to myself, I'm like, I don't even know this guy, but his energy lifted me up. 
I had mm. never seen it before. Didn't know it. Like in that moment, I just, I had a smile on my face. I was just like, hell yeah. So from one brother to another dude, like I see you keep going. You're helping the world, man. And you know, one of these days we're going to connect in person. I'm going to be dancing in the dirt with you. And, uh, Thank you. Thank you for helping humanity at the level that you are, because, you know, I, I know I know what you go through. I know, you know, there's some days we have our ups, we have our downs. We're wearing and taking on other people's energy. But for you to show up every day and help this world, man. Thank you. I just want to truly tell you, thank you for that. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. And uh, I, I receive all of it. And I, uh, I already know that uh, we're going to do some big things together, man. So I look forward sure. to staying in touch with you and, uh, and growing and continuing to take action, showing up. Um, and uh, I really appreciate your time coming on the podcast and, and sharing, sharing your wisdom with us, man. Um, but before we go, bro, um, just uh, where can people find you, your website, uh, Instagrams? My website is DG Mindset. Derek Grant. So dgmindset.com. All social media is at dgmindset. Um, you can also subscribe to my YouTube at dgmindset. My podcast is called The Pathway to Your Results, which you're going to be a guest on it here before 2024 is over with. Because I, I feel like my audience, your message will resonate with them on a whole nother level. So um, I always make it easy. Everything is at dgmindset. Beautiful, man. Love it. And and have you, because I saw you had a retreat as well happening, uh, I think, uh, in Arizona or somewhere. Um, do yeah. you have any events coming up? Yeah. So we, we're, uh, I actually have three, the three big events that I have left is uh, Rise, which will be in Dubai, actually, on March 3rd. Um, it's basically a festival, a one-day event to help you to step into who you are. It's going to be amazing. Great speakers. Uh, will be there and then also my own personal retreats we have two locations left we're going to the grand canyon where we spend time in nature to really connect with the natural the real part of ourselves and then lastly um, our last stop on the retreat tour will be in hawaii we're going to maui this is where we learn how to balance being a human and being a being and, and integrating and incorporating it all into life so um, like i said all more information can be found at dgmindset.com and uh, I always tell people, feel free to send me a DM, send me an email. I'm here to help the world, help you remember who you are. So if there's any way I can do it, don't hesitate to reach out. Amazing. Love your work. DG Mindset in the house on the Luke Mindpile podcast, guys. Uh, check him out. You're going to love his stuff and his energy and he's amazing. And uh, I look forward to staying connected with you, man. And, and we're doing some big things. Yes, absolutely, Luke. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining me on this journey of self-discovery and growth. If you're ready to grow and reach your full potential and find inner peace, send me a DM that says, I want inner peace, and I'll send you the next steps. You can accomplish anything you set your mind to. When you change your mind, you change your whole life. So don't hesitate and send that DM over to me. Myself and my team can't wait to meet you and witness your transformation in full glory. See you next week.